the digital transition. Digital Transition, a podcast series created to assist those tasked with implementing digital strategies, where we will share our knowledge and experiences to support you in your transition. Welcome to the Digital Transition. I'm your host, Nathan Hildebrandt, and today, as we close out our third year and our 40th episode, I thought it was a good time to go back and collate the responses from my guests from the last two years and share with you what BIM means to them. Now, episode 20, where I captured the same responses from my guests from the first season of episodes, it was so well received, uh, and it's currently like the fourth most downloaded episode. Um, And I think that it gives you, the listener, a good understanding in one episode, the different perspectives and views on what BIM means to the different uh, people that I've interviewed uh, that are, you know, essentially acting as actors across the supply chain. I think this episode's kind of especially special, if you can kind of say it like that, uh, because the diversity of the backgrounds that I've had of my guests over the last two years is probably far greater than the first year uh, that I ran uh, the podcast. But one thing I, we need to talk about before we uh, take this journey across the last 19 episodes, I really need to thank NBS Australia for their support over the last two years in sponsoring this podcast. Uh, I'd have to say that without their support, uh, I wouldn't have been able to put these last 20 episodes out there for you to listen to. So for the final time in 2021, let me tell you a little bit about NBS. So NBS, through their key product, NBS Chorus, is revolutionising construction specification through cloud-based collaboration. NBS Chorus integrates seamlessly with your building information model in Archicad, Revit and Vectorworks. Now this increases productivity and reduces risk of conflicting information deliverables. So to learn more about NBS, please head to their website www.thenbs.com.au In episode 21, I spoke with Sarah Delaney from NBS about classification systems. Now, her response was probably one of the shortest ones that I ever had on my show. I did have to milk a longer response out of it though in the end, and we did get a little bit more out of it. But what does BIM mean to Sarah? The management of information. I like short and sweet ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, and, and I suppose you can add to that the digital, uh, in a digital world, because... Uh, there is so much information associated with any kind of asset right through from that original right through to the end. You've got to have a clear picture of how to manage all that. In episode 22, I spoke again with Andrew Kerthois about the role that ABAB is playing in industry. It is interesting to hear his perspective two years on from our first interview. He believes there's a long way to go for industry to go in achieving Uh, our desired outcomes though so this is what BIM means to Andrew in 2020. (laughs) Well Nathan um, this might surprise you it still means a bloody lot of work (laughs) that needs to be done across um, industry and government that hasn't changed 
But I think the thing that has changed, it's valuing the information. You know, it's better information management. Um, it's better information outcomes. Um, if we can have, you know, a greater acknowledgement of all industry participants in the value of the data, that is fantastic. It's, we've still got a long way to go, um, but we are not, um, the, 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 the path probably isn't as steep as it was, I would say, 18 months ago, but it, there's still a long way to go. But equally, look, you know, you're absolutely right. The more you know, the more you want to know, the more you can see what you need to do. In episode 23, I spoke with May Winfield of Bureau Happold about the legal implications of BIM. Now, it's really good to get the perspective of a lawyer on the meanings of terminology. I'm sure you all agree. Now, this is what BIM means to May. I would say BIM to me means a more collaborative way of working using 3D modelling and interconnected data as compared to, say, the traditional non-BIM way of working. In episode 24, I spoke with Brian McSweeney about Queensland's Transport and Main Roads uh, Department's digital transition. I can tell you I think I've had a successful uh, situation here and I've been able to brainwash Brian from all the previous episodes that he's listened to and uh, and, he, and he's followed suit. But uh, this is in his own words and this is what BIM means to Brian. I think... In my mind, we are starting to hopefully uh, settle on uh, the one that we hear most often these days, I think, which means, which talks about BIM being better information management, mate. Anything that improves the accurate, timely capture of asset management information, particularly for uh, a client organisation like transport and main roads, anything that gives us confidence that we're making the right decisions based on the right information as we move forward in, in trying to upgrade and maintain, you know, the state controlled road network. It's got to be about the information we capture, how we store it, and then how we share and disseminate that information across the organisations. It's got to be better information management, Nathan, without a doubt. Now, in episode 25, I spoke with Anna Murray about digital twins. Her perspective has come from a non-constructive side of the digital twin fence, which I think actually brings a great different perspective, which provides a great value. Now, this is what BIM means to Anna. So BIM means building information management, or it's even wider than that. I like to call it digital engineering now, and it's about capturing the information about the process, the people, and having, as you said, the data classified so that you can reuse it in another environment. So BIM as a standalone 3D model, it's great, and they look great, a lot of them, but it needs to be useful further down in the, in the management of that asset. In episode 26, I had the opportunity to speak with one of Australia's BIM pioneers in Tom Fussell and about the work that he led with his team at Project Services prior to uh, the Newman government disbanding the department. Now, honestly, I feel that had uh, this government not come in and did what they did in 2011, the state of BIM in Australia would be world-leading. And and I to this day, um, that's probably one of my favourite podcasts that I've ever put together. Uh, and this is what BIM means to Tom. BIM is the tool that enables many of the other things that we've talked about 
to be delivered. It gives more opportunities for designers. It gives much more benefit for integration. It is it is the information there for people to understand what they're trying to do is compounded. So yeah, it's it's um, a central part of the whole thing. I think it's still in its infancy, frankly. I think it's got a long, long way to go because it becomes very. It's still very complicated to do. It's going to get. I, I, my vision is that we'll have a drawing board like my my TV screen, yeah. and you will actually work live on it. And all of the technical stuff that you got to do is being done by the the system in the background. So all you're doing is almost going back to your your, your six B pencil again that you're drawing, but but there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the background that complements that. Now that's where I, I can vision it, Ed, being at some stage in the future. No idea when, but that, that's, that's the opportunity. In episode 27, I spoke to Lars Christian Freudlin from CoBuilder about the importance of standardised information. Now, Lars's response was probably the most interesting one I've had in all of my interviews. I would suggest it was probably one of the most philosophical ones of all time. So this is what BIM means to Lars. If I replied two, three years ago, I would have uh, replied, I think, much of the same as maybe other people on your show. But uh, for me, it, it, it means a place that we used to be stuck with. I mean, but uh, for me, it does not connect me to the reality where I see the world going. So I think it's old. So um, I think we need to go beyond and uh, start uh, talking about other stuff. Um, yeah. In episode 28, I spoke with Don Cameron about the challenges we're currently facing in industry and whether or not, similar to what we've been doing for the last decade, whether or not we're going to be saying the same things in a further 10 years. Now, Don's views had slightly adjusted from the year before to a more slightly insightful view. So this is what BIM means to Don in 2020. Oh, that old, that old chestnut. <laughs> it's not a it laugh. Means, it, it means collaboration. It's collaboration, that's it. As long as I'm, I'm, I'm you know, and I've heard plenty of people tell me, yeah, you know, it should be called this or it should be called that. And it, it's a price. It's not a thing. It's a process. I'm like, I, I don't, it's all about collaboration. It, it, it obviously is. Sharing information in a format that everyone else can recognise and interact with effectively um, to, to, to extend their, for the use purposes that they need it for and to help you on your journey and your uses. So I don't know. It would be interesting to look reflect back if, if I had the same answer what, 12 months ago. I'm going to guess it's going to be better information management. That's kind of what I'm going to guess at. Oh, but, okay. uh, but, I, but I do believe collaboration is a, uh, is a strong point, I think. Um, in episode 29, I spoke with Bonnie Ryan from GS1 about creating a digital thread. She had someone suggest that BIM was related to death and had some other relationships to circles. This is an interesting approach to life, but uh, this is what BIM means to Bonnie. <laughs> well, um, for me, um, <laughs> interesting, um, somebody called it, introduced it to me as the circle of death. <laughs> but um, but no, for me, BIM is uh, is is really that cradle to grave process, right? So you've got you know being able to 
at the end of a job kind of hand over a full digital record of exactly, you know, of everything that's gone into a building right down to the light switches so that owners have a full record of what they're buying into and and that that record can be passed on to subsequent owners easily so that, you know, if there's problems down the track, but, you know, so, so BIM for me is, is the full, is the full kind of circle from design right through to, right through to maintenance and, and even beyond, even sort of reuse perhaps in, in some cases. And GS1 plugs into there at various points, you know, so it plugs into the, to the, the BIM model, if you like, in terms of, you know, what products are going to be used, what products were procured, the logistics in terms of products, you know, the materials that were delivered to sites and that sort of thing. So for me, BIM is the end-to-end building process. That's kind of how I like to think of it. So I think you've got a lot of work to do. I think we've all got a lot of work to do, but it's exciting and I see nothing but opportunity. So thank you for having me and look forward to chatting again sometime. Now, in episode 30, I spoke again with Dr. Marcia Volpugni from MACE about level of information need. Now, her views have shifted from better information management uh, in this scenario. So uh, 12, 12 months on, what does BIM mean to Marcia in uh, the end of 2020? It's funny because I didn't uh, hear back what I, I, I answered <laughs> last time. So uh, it would be interesting to compare the two. But uh, I think that, I think that uh, the, the first uh, you know, um, things that comes to my mind is really about better information management is maybe something that uh, I maybe answered the, the, the last time. Um, but I think that uh, after this uh, you know, time that, as I say, that you, you learn more, but also there are more, more things that uh, maybe you want to, to, to do to implement. I think that uh, it's really about finding a way to define and uh, produce and use uh, information during the entire life cycle in a better way. What I want to underline this time is the ethical use of data and the security aspect. So I think that we need to work on that, on this direction. We are all excited about um, innovating our sector. And uh, I'm, I'm passionate about that. I think that you, you you understand that. But we need to do in a way that digital is there to support the public good and and not to uh, instead be used against us. So, so in the construction sector, so I see building information modeling that is important that we work in the direction where data are used to do more informed the decision for the public good and not instead to be used to control us. Uh, because that is is not the word that uh, we want to be. So maybe it can be a, a discussion for another podcast, maybe in the future. But I think that we needed to to be mindful of uh, of that, and so um, to be able to do things uh, in a in an easier way, and to have more time to to be spent for what we we love. In episode 31, I spoke with Dr. Stephen Hamill from MBS about modernising the specification process. Now, he brings a few components together with this one to create a whole, kind of similar to a specification in many ways, but this is what BIM means to Stephen. I'll try and keep it concise as well. <laughs> so, for me, it's about the information management side of BIM. So I think it's a mix of two things. It's about getting the process right, getting your information structures right, 
this allows for collaboration. And if you throw the digital bit in, which has always been my passion from university all the way through, you make everything fly. Process information, collaborate together, get it right digitally. And uh, that's been. In episode 32, I spoke with Greta McNeilis from Brisbane Airport Corporation about their asset management and BIM implementation. Now, in this interview, Greta tried to turn it around and interview me. It's a first for this for me on this podcast. So this is what BIM actually means to Greta, not myself. So what does BIM mean to you, Nathan? <laughs> no, don't say that. This turns it around. I've already answered this question, but this question for me is always about better information management, but we're not interviewing me today. Come on. <laughs> what does BIM mean to me? It's such a complicated question, but if you, I'm going to answer it from the 50,000 foot view. It doesn't just change data. If you think about the evolution of our telephones, first they were in our houses, then they were in our cars, then we could text and email on them and take photographs and now we live our entire lives on them. And that didn't take that long to happen. And what I see is when I first arrived in the industry four years ago, the conversation was about a building information model is a data set that is related to a single building. And that conversation has changed every year to grow into such a broader conversation about why use BIM on projects, why projects that use BIM are more successful, run smoother, have less variations, are just a better project methodology. And I think that that's really interesting. So what BIM means to me is BIM isn't data. It is a new way of managing assets and building assets. In episode 33, I spoke with Kate Williams from Frontier SI about digital twins. Coming from the GIS space, it's nice to see the collection of ideas that Kate brings together. So this is what BIM means to Kate. BIM to me is both a digital model of a piece of infrastructure, but also the process to create that model, design that model. Hopefully the BIM of a piece of infrastructure um, is something that can be used to help operate that um, asset over time, um, but is also information that can be um, used and accessed in wider systems. So I'm a digital twin um, kind of advocate. So what I see the um, BIM is, is a potential source of information for broader decision-making outside the owner of that asset. So it's also an opportunity to collaborate in the digital world like the building is part of, you know, the system in the real world. In episode 34, I spoke with Paul Shilcock from Opram about ISO 19650. Now, when you listen to this, it seems like Paul really didn't want to answer my question. But in the end, he came through and uh, put put an interesting concept on the table that uh, seemed to ring true with a lot of the uh, guests from this year. So this is what BIM means to Paul. Oh, Really? Um, <laughs> um, oh, well, I don't think my response is probably going to be as exciting if I'm being honest. So I guess the short version is the uh, BIM for me is the collaborative production of information. Okay. And what I mean by that is going back to BS 1192, which defined um, 
the, the process for individuals and teams to, to work collaboratively, to produce information, to coordinate uh, information. For me, that is, that is building information modeling. And the, the process is defined, the information management process defined in parts two and three, set out the, 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 the manager of information to enable the collaborative production of information, aka BIM. All right, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory to this as well as so when <laughs> the first initial drafts of Puzzle 1192 Part 2, it didn't contain the word BIM once. Okay. And the client at the time was the, was the UK government who had just gone out and banged this big BIM drum and BIM level two, and the framework document didn't have the word BIM in it. So the can we um the compromise was that. We, the title of part, Puzzle of Night 2 Part 2 is, uh, was around the management of information when using BIM. Okay, so if you want to use BIM, this is how you manage information. And that has continued into ISO, thankfully. So we've got uh, the title around there about the management of information during the delivery phase when using BIM and the operational phase when using BIM. And so, you know, when you're talking about uh, individuals and teams working together, again, enabled by a lot of the amazing technology and innovation that we're seeing uh, within the industry. Um, but, but it's very much about people and people working together collaboratively to produce that information. So for me, that is what BIM means to me. In episode 35, I spoke with Callum McGuinness and Paul Candy from Asa Abloy about their digital transition. Now, taking the perspective of people from the supply chain at the manufacturing and product side, I find is quite valuable and it's not really some, not a view that we're capturing too much in the market at this point in time. But this is what BIM means to Callum and Paul. Nathan, I, I see BIM uh, as a, um, the, the, the management and the new order of information, um, you know, across, you know, many, many levels, um, for providing control management, improving efficiencies, Right throughout the life cycle of the project, and and it it will continue to to make you know the specification and the scheduling of doors better. Better, I like it. It's going to make it better. Now, well, we can strive to make everything better. It would be great. Good as good as good as better. But um, now, Paul, what does BIM mean to you? If I could sum up BIM in one word, I would say BIM means collaboration. Um, it, it's collaboration from from the architects to the to the specifiers to the to the builders to the owners, uh, and and I guess to touch on Callum's point, it's collaboration through the life cycle of of the building. So it, it's something that lives and breathes as the as the building uh, goes through its life. That that's uh, how I, I guess I would sum up BIM today. Probably different to how I said BIM ten years ago, to be honest. In episode 36, I spoke with Kelly Cohn about automating the laser scanning process. Now, Kelly's perspective, and we might call it Kelly's soapbox views on BIM, actually is quite a clever approach. And I think for some, it might actually kind of change the way in which the acronym's actually used. Now, this is what BIM means to Kelly. So, so yeah, I'll, this is, you know, this is my favorite old soapbox. So I, I am a big believer that the modeling in, in BIM, building information modeling, does not stand for what you think it stands for. And I don't mean you specifically. I think you and I have actually had this conversation like four years ago. But to me, you know, the value in BIM is not, a th- I, the B in BIM is the 3D model. 
of the building. It's the building that we already have building. We don't need to say building and model. I is obviously information, but you know, anybody that's watched the weather understands when they talk about the weather model, that's what the model in BIM is supposed to stand for. It's, it's a model from which to predict outcomes. That's the entire purpose. That's why we do BIM. We do BIM to predict outcomes, whether it's schedule, whether it's cost, whether it's quality of design, whether it's, you know, how it looks when you sit down in this chair or walk through the lobby. There, BIM is a tool to predict outcomes. And if you stop thinking about it as a modeling tool, as if the model is the end result, and you start thinking about it as a modeling tool to predict the outcome, that is a complete change in perspective of how you think about applying them as a business. And so that's, that's particularly when I'm talking to executives or principals or people like that, and they bring this up, like, that is the thing I harp on is like, guys, you're thinking about it wrong. That's, BIM doesn't create a 3D model. BIM creates the opportunity for you to predict the schedule or to predict the cost or predict this or predict that. And if you're not using it for that, you're using it wrong. Um, so stop thinking, you know, it's like the, I don't know if Princess Bride is as big in Australia as it is in the United States for people of my, our age range. But it's like, you keep using that word, but I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> like that's, that's modeling in BIM. As it keep saying modeling, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. It means predictive analysis. That's what it's for. So that's, that's my BIM soapbox in a nutshell. In episode 37, I spoke with Clifton Harness from TestFit about parametric design. Now, Clifton brings a true software programming response to my question. It was kind of expected and uh, it kind of made me laugh. But this is what BIM means to Clifton. Uh, uh, what does BIM mean to me? Uh, it is a logic ecosystem that I can query to do highly detailed drawings. Uh, I don't think of BIM as a authoring tool. I don't think of BIM as a, as a great technology. Even it is simply a logical system that enables machines to communicate what buildings are. In episode 38, I spoke with Alice Leung from Brick and Mortar Ventures about the future technologies that will make a huge impact on the market. Now, it's quite interesting to hear Alice kind of reflect on her views of what what BIM means to her throughout her career. But uh, it's quite interesting to see how it moves from looking at problem solving to the level in terms of uh, understanding information. But uh, this is what BIM means to Alice. Yeah, so BIM to me is more about the information and it's the linking of information and being able to get the right information at the right time when you need it. Um, So that was my, you know, when I first joined the construction industry, I fell in love with building things virtually and then building it in real life to find all the problems. Um, But as I, you know, progressed in my career, I realized that not everyone saw the world that way. Um, So if we were to dumb it down and make it kind of the lowest common denominator, like the information and the data is what we need, whether or not it's 3D, 4D, 5D, whatever it is, as long as you can link all of that information in a place that people can access and understand, um, that would be a winning world for me. So probably a different definition now that I'm, you know, more, more progressed in my career, but yeah, the information is, is 
the key part of them for me. In episode 39, I spoke with Dr. Carol Hon from QT about her research on safety on construction sites. Now, I think Carol actually comes in now as the most succinct response to this question. I think she actually short she beat everyone and I couldn't pull anything more out of her. But this is what BIM means to Carol. Um, to me, BIM is a process that helps to achieve better project outcomes, such as safety, time, cost, and quality. Now, interestingly, a common thread that can be taken from the guests over the last two years, uh, it, it's a strong focus now on collaboration and information, which I think is a really good sign for industry as we move forward. It sees a shift in the in the in the thinking from geometry. It, it moves forward into actually focusing on how we can actually collaborate better together to achieve better outcomes for our industry. So, to you, the listener out there, uh, thank you very much for your support over the last forty episodes and three years. Now. Over the last three years, there has been great interest uh, from industry and and the podcast at this point in time has been downloaded just under 16,000 times across all of our platforms. So we're glad that you're really enjoying it. Now, it's been great to be able to share my knowledge and the incredible knowledge of all of my expert guests, but I look forward to sharing our next podcast with you in the second half of next year. Until then, good luck with your digital transition. Digital transition.